Hello, Sexy Sunday. It's the best day of the week because I get to share a convo with you about sex, relationships, and being the most free and confident version of yourself. I'm big on making my own rules and normalizing these kinds of conversations because I believe that the more we talk about it, the better sex we're all gonna have because we'll be more educated and hornier. We walk around and hardly broach this topic in our normal lives, but I'm trying to change that. This is storytelling that's entertaining as hell, that will leave you laughing and gasping, introducing ideas that'll change you and break you open to celebrating your sexy self. Come with a curious head and brave heart, and let's play. I'm Bonnie Weeks, and this is gonna be fun. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Perhaps this is your first time tuning in. Today, I am stoked to talk to Morgan. Hello, Morgan. Hello. Hello, everyone. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. Morgan is somebody that I have known for a long time via the gram. And all right. And, and is one of the people that was highly influential with me feeling confident stepping into my own yoga practice. And so it feels really special to have you here today, Morgan. And I, I think it's a really interesting experience then to watch the ways that you are impacting the world, the ways that people interacting with you and saying, oh my gosh, I'm not alone. Oh my gosh. Like here I am too. Like you're with me. And I think that is really, really important. Like you've been a story sharer for a long time and, and how you show up on the gram is how you actually exist in real life which is maybe not the way that everybody shows up on social media. <laughs> and, and I think having these little windows as I kind of view Instagram as that, where they're like these little, they're like one seconds in time, right? Mm -hmm. But they are these little windows into each other's lives. And I don't know, I, I don't know about you, but I know I've, there's a couple of people who have been on Instagram that I have followed who have passed away. Mm -hmm. And yeah. their account is still there. And I knew them and yeah. I never knew them in real life, but like, like I can still imagine them saying the different things and the way they'd show up and the things they were excited about. Like, and, and then my moment, like right now I'm thinking about different people and different things yeah. and, and how it really is impactful. Mm -hmm. It gives me chills to think about. I've, yeah, I've experienced the same thing and social media. It's like so wild that we have that documentation now of people's lives and like their stories to look back on. I think that's one of my favorite parts of it is it's just like you said, it's a living there, no matter if we're still here or not, it's just like a place for someone's like story to exist. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So that said, like having the window into your life and watching the way that you've navigated so many things. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Lord. Yes. And, and today, like really like bringing you onto this podcast and saying, I want to talk about sex yes. and, and giving space for us to talk about sex in a way that is like purely just storytelling and our own personal experiences where that's really all that we can 100% like speak to be like, this is yeah. my experience. I'm going to speak it honestly. And, and I have found that and it just like, like how you have shared, you're like, there's less, you're less alone. Like there's more people out there besides just you in the world in general. So it feels freeing in a way. It is. It's very freeing. I, 
I don't know where I would be right now without like other people that I have been able to watch their stories and feel more comfortable, like coming in and stepping into my own story. Like I think stories and human connection are like the most important things in this world and in this life. And like, to be able to share that with other people, I, that changed my world. Like that's literally why I'm at where I'm at today. Yeah. Mm, Same. Same. And I think the encouragement from some folks to share more, even though it might not have been directed at me, but the way that they shared more and maybe encouraged that where I could feel that in myself, be like, Ooh, I think there's more in me to share. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. It's very encouraging. It gives you a little like boost of confidence. Yeah. Okay. So I want to talk about sex today. And, um, I know you do too. And I would love to hear, let's like step into this. And I would love to hear one of the earliest childhood memories you can remember when you learned about sex. Ooh, so early is going to feel so late. I feel like for most people listening to this because of the way I was raised. Um, and I guess like, if I can, if it's okay, I want to say one of my earliest memories within like with relation to my body that I can remember, because I feel like this is where a lot of stuff pertaining to sex, like stemmed for me was like shame in my own body. And one of the very first like memories I have of feeling shame about my body was when I was at a sleepover. It was at a family's house. I was with one of my cousins. Um, and we were probably like 11 or 12 years old and we were there for a holiday. Like my family had traveled to where they live in Maryland. We, we would like switch off holidays back and forth every year. So nighttime upstairs in my cousin's room, we were spending the night, 12 years old, giggling, just like, you know, talking about all of the things. And we started talking about periods and neither of us had gotten our period yet. And we started talking about, you know, like vaginas and tampons and like pads and like, oh my gosh, what is it going to feel like? What are we going to use? Like, you know, what is our, just like all the things, you know, that you would talk about with your cousin. And I had no idea that my parents were standing outside of her door, listening to this whole conversation. And I remember my mom bursting in the room and she was like, Morgan, like you are not to be talking about this. Like this is inappropriate. We don't talk about those parts of the body. We don't talk about these things. And they like pulled me out of her room and made me spend the night in their room that night. And at 12 Mm -hmm. years old, I just remember that really like imprinting on me. Like it is not okay to talk about this part of my body, much less like learn that there is pleasure associated with that part of the body. And so I think that was that what made such a big impact on like how I moved forward into adulthood, like viewing sex and viewing my body. Um, yeah, it was really tragic, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. That's devastating. And I think at that age when it, like, that's such a social age where you're trying to figure out yourself and how you relate to other people and your friends are like starting to be really important to you. So that evening, like so shame filled and, and an inability, I think at that age to know how to process shame. Yes. I had no idea. I had, I don't think I even understood that I was feeling shame surrounding sex until my mid twenties. 
Um, and so kind of like to bounce off of your first question, like when was the first time, you know, I actually had that conversation about sex. So probably like two years after that, one or two years, I was like 13, 14 years old. Um, my mom took me on this trip and we went through this program called Passport to Purity. I actually still have the little booklet like down in the basement somewhere that I filled out, but it's this whole weekend. It's a booklet with cassette tapes. And my mom took me somewhere like for in a hotel room for the weekend. Like we made it a little kind of like girls trip getaway. And I remember listening to these cassette tapes and there was experiments that went along with the workbook. And one of them was, you remember how when you were kids, you'd like fold up the papers and like cut out little pieces to make a snowflake when you like undid it. Okay, so my mom cut this piece of paper into a heart shape and then folded it in half. So it's a cutout of a heart folded in half. Gave me scissors and said, start making little cuts out of this heart. Um, And then I did a few cuts, opened it back up. And she's like, all these holes in this heart represent every time that you are physical or do something inappropriate before a marriage. And this is you giving pieces of your heart away to someone other than your husband that you will never get back and that your husband in the future will never have you fully when you decide to give your body away like this. And that was just one of probably like 10 different experiments that I did over this two days with my mom. And it makes me it like, honestly, like it makes my voice shaky to talk about because it's so terrifying (laughs) to like look back on and also just so like I'm so fucking proud of myself for where like I am right now in life um to like come out of that space and like that headspace that I was in as like a child um so at the end of that weekend I am like signing this contract the end of this book And it was my signature and my dad's signature. Like my mom wasn't even a part of this. (laughs) Like other than taking me on the trip, she had no signature in the book, which I feel like is also just so like, (laughs) um, just shows you how much of a like a patriarchy and like a man's world it is as far as like in the religious setting, like the father or the men being in charge of like women's bodies. So my dad signed this contract, I signed this contract, and then I wore a purity ring um, on my wedding finger that I would not, you know, kiss anyone. I would not be physical with anyone until it was my husband that I was getting married to. And that was my very first conversation surrounding sex. And a huge part of it was never about women's pleasure you know what I was taught about sex was how to get a guy off and that it was my duty as a wife to make sure that I could give my husband an orgasm. And there was no talk around how I was to feel pleasure, how I was to have an orgasm, like what my body parts meant, any education around the anatomy of my body and like how I can experience pleasure in that way. And so I just grew up with such a tainted view of what sex was. And it very much felt like a duty, like sex is a duty. And that was what was in my head all growing up. So sorry, that was a lot. That was a lot. Oh, that's it. I mean, it is a lot, but it's like, this is, this is real. Like this is is exactly what we're here for. Yeah. Um, And I, I just remember like my first boyfriend, which I, 
I did not even like choose my first boyfriend. So this kind of gives you an idea of to like how I was raised. My family believed in courtship. Um, so courtship is dating someone with the intention of marrying them. And so when I was 16, which was, I guess, the appropriate age that my parents decided I was like old enough to begin courting. <laughs> Mind you, this is what the intention of dating or marrying someone at 16 years old. So here I am at 16, this neighborhood boy that we've kind of grown up with in the same homeschool circle. We were good friends, um, started courting him at 16 because my parents gave him permission to court me. I was not even a part of this conversation. I basically walked into our house and they were like, you and Rob are going to court. And I was like, what? Oh, oh, okay. And, but honestly, it was so weird wow. because he was like a best friend. So like in my head, I was like, okay, cool. So like, we're going to be even like, we're going to be like bestest friends, I guess. So for three years, nothing changed. I never kissed him once. Like literally we were together for three years and that was it. It was almost like nothing changed. Like we were in a friendship. Um, and because also I, it's so interesting looking back on those times. Like when I was with him for three years, I never even had like the desire to like kiss him or anything like one, because I was terrified that I was going to go to hell or I was going to get yeah. struck down by God or something for doing anything. And two, I didn't really want to. And so I like look back now, you know, like here I am as a lesbian and it's so interesting, like viewing purity culture on top of feeling closeted. And so many things were just like pushed down, pushed down, pushed down. Mm -hmm. And it's just so interesting to like, look back on all of those times when I was like a child trying to figure out my sexuality, but also how I felt about sex, which was, you're not supposed to feel about sex. You're not supposed to feel about sex until that magical moment on your wedding night. And then you're supposed to feel all the things about sex and make someone else feel good. So hmm. yeah, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, and I just want to like, I just want to celebrate you for a second. Like I am, I like for you to be like, I'm so proud of me right now. I'm so proud of me of where I've come. And then I think I, I'm watching folks who can step into that space. And I would say even like more specific watching women own their voice and be like, I'm in awe of myself. Look how fucking powerful I am. Yes. Look at what I have learned. I am so damn proud of who I am today. And I think more women stepping into that space, like, whew, this is like chills up my spine, like more, yes. more, more, please, more, please, more, please. Yes. And for all of us to like, want that for each other and to cheer that on to, I mean, the growth from there to now is, it, it, it is a lot. It is, I know <laughs> there's, there's, there's a Tell big, big space. <laughs> well, and I just thinking like, did you ever talk about, so you're, you were kind of friends with this dude before. And then like three years, did you ever talk about that you were in courtship? Was that, or is that something you don't talk about? No, you can talk about it, but to be honest, like he was way more into it than I was. I never thought I was going to marry this guy. I mean, I was a kid, I was 16. Like <laughs> it was so bizarre. I never once like imagined myself old with him. And to me, like, I don't know, like, I'm sure everyone's different, but when, 
when I meet someone and can imagine growing old with them, that's when I'm like, I feel like I found something because I can envision us old, wrinkly in the future. And like, you're still there next to me. And to be honest, I never felt that way until I met Shauna. Um, I hadn't felt that way with anyone, but yeah, going back to my first like boyfriend, I guess you can call him. I think he was totally for getting married. Cause I mean, I'm pretty sure I like broke his heart when I broke up with him. <laughs> Wait, were you were allowed to break up with him though? You know, my parents were very upset, very upset because what happened is I got to the age of three years. I was like 19. I was almost 19 turning 19 when I broke up with him. And I think I'd gotten to the age where I was like, fuck this. Like, why am I like courting someone that my parents picked out for me? And I kind of got into that rebellious stage where I was like, I'm going to date someone that they don't know that they probably disapprove of. And so like in my like very sheltered 19 year old mind, this was some guy that went to a public school and I was like, this is rebellious. This person is not (laughs) homeschooled. Like this person is like a public school. Cool. And this was the person that I would end up getting married to. Um, And I very much feel that because I wasn't allowed to have any experiences outside of my parents' home, because I pretty much lived with them until I entered that marriage. I feel like I very much rushed into this marriage just to get out from under my parents' like authority and roof. Um, And I look back on that time because it was so quick between like meeting this guy and dating and getting engaged and getting married. It was all like within like two years. It was very quick, very quick in my mind for how old I was. Um, And yeah, it just all happened like so fast. And then, like I said, you enter this marriage where all of a sudden you're expected to like have sex and it be a good thing and please your husband. And here I am having like panic attacks after sex because I'm like, first of all, you've taught me that I should feel shame. Maybe you haven't said that to me, but what you have said through your actions is that I am to feel shame for like experiencing this part of my body, much less like making someone else feel good in that part of their body. And so sex for me was panic attack after panic attack after panic attack. And at the end, I mean, like during sex, I would very much disassociate from like what was happening. I could not have sex without putting a pillow over my face. I didn't want to look at the person. And there had to be a very specific music like playing to like kind of take me out of like what was happening. And, and, and this person is okay that this is the situation, right? So I look back on that and I'm like, why, how was, how were no questions asked? How did this other person think that like me reacting this way was okay? And so this is, yeah. I mean, like what experience does this person come with? Same. So different. I believe that they had more experience with sex than like, I had no experience, I know that this person has had sex before we got married. I had not, but also I just feel like the way that the church and religion kind of grooms you um, is to be very like emotionally stunted in this area of like having a relationship. Like there, I mean, especially I feel like the difference for me from being with men to now being with a woman, especially a man who is 20 years old, 
is still very much maturing themselves and grew up in this environment of like, you know, religion and what that looks like. I don't even think that he knew really what was happening. Like he would ask me at the end, like, are you okay? You're crying. But it was never, it was always after I'm like, how did we get through like sex with me having a pillow on my face and like all this other stuff. And then just at the end, you being like, it's okay. Like, are you okay? What's happening? And like, I'm just, of course, have no idea. Cause I haven't, I mean, I didn't process any of this until a few years ago. I have been doing EMDR for sex and like what that has meant to me in the past. So at the time I was like, something's wrong with me. Why am I crying? Like, why is this happening? I'm not a good wife. I'm not able to give my husband what he needs. Why is this making me feel panicky? Like so many thoughts going through your head and you're 20 years old and you're just trying to like figure it all out for the first time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I think, you know, I really liked that you kind of brought up this emotional intelligence piece because I, I mean, having grown up in church as well, my experience are not definitely not the same. I think it is interesting as I hear about different religious groups, I'm like yes. my Mormon experience was okay. not as intense as your experience. Did you so say your Mormon are, experience? Yeah. Mormon. It wasn't as intense. No, so but there are some people within the Mormon church because it's so broad. So it's not like the intensity of how your family did that. There are some families who do do that within okay. the Mormon church, but it's not as broad spread across like all the, all everybody in the church has to have a purity ring or do like that. That's like quite so intense as that. I mean, there's definitely not a conversation about pleasure or you know, it's like everything hands off sort of situations, but, um, I don't know. I, I like though, this, a conversation of a lack of emotional intelligence, because there is this conversation within church of, and especially emotional intelligence to then like <laughs> layer on top of sex and what you want, what you need, how you feel, yes. how you communicate. Right. Yes. But there is not an encouragement of connection to self, right. It is all mm -hmm. about, you know, what, how is the higher power influencing you? Do you feel the spirit? Do you do this? Like, what do you think about it? If you are thinking that there's like a, a thing that you should do, it's actually not coming from you. It's coming from outside of you. Yes. Um, and so like learning to listen to yourself and be like, what do I think? How do I think about this? And if <laughs> and the encouragement is, you know, for Mormons, it's like, read the scriptures. And by the end of the scripture, you're like the challenge is to um, pray about it. And then you'll know if it's true or not. If you get the answer that it is not, you need to pray more and read the scriptures more. Mm -hmm. And if it's a maybe, then like you, like it's a yes. So like you should say yes. Right. Oh my God. <laughs> so there's like, there's one answer you're going for. You oh. can ask questions. And there's like kind of this encouragement to ask questions, but there is a right answer. There is like B is the right answer. So like, sure. Keep asking, but be it. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So, so I, I love this idea of then stepping into like a physically, a, a physical space of sex and of relating with another person where so many of us have like come from this religious background of where is my emotional intelligence versus like, like my religious belief and the thoughts around that. And then, and the doctrine and the indoctrination or whatever it is like that we have yeah. come with. And so then all of a sudden to say, like, I don't even know myself. 
and what I want or what I need and what do those things even mean? And then all of a sudden I'm with somebody else who also doesn't know how to speak about that. Yes. And then you're like, and now we will be together. And now we're just meshing all of that together. Like, fabulous. It's not problematic at all. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Like I, like my, um, so one of the first experiences that I had of, um, of my, um, past husband of when he, uh, grabbed my boob cause he accidentally mm-hmm. did it once and he was like, oh my gosh, but I wore, I'm very small chested, but I wore super padded bras yep. back in the day. And oh, yeah. I, be, and I was like, oh, your hand was on my boob. Like I literally could not feel it. Like I had too much padding <laughs> on my bra. <laughs> So it's I was like, like, those, like bombshell bras oh, yeah. from Victoria's Secret. Oh yeah. oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. And so like that happened once. Um, but I was like, it's not a big deal. I don't care. And he's like, felt super like, you know, like, yeah. oh my gosh, I can't believe I just did that. But we like got married and the day we got married, then, um, the Mormon temple, bountiful Utah. Um, that was the temple I always wanted to get married in. And, um, I grew up in Montana. A lot of people like choose the temple that's like close to them or there's, there's temples all over the place. So, um, that was the first temple I had done baptisms for the dead in, which that's like a whole other conversation. Wow. My face never heard of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We were being baptized for dead people so they could join the church. So you can do that starting at 12. Wow. And so I went and did that with my cousins and stuff that uh, my uncle and my parents and stuff. So that was the first temple I had ever been inside. So I was like, that's where I'm going to get married. So we got married. We're driving like down the hill um, to go to Chuckarama for a little like post-wedding buffet with some family. And, uh, And he reaches over and just like reaches across from like the driver's seat and like put cups his hand around my boob. Super casual boob grab. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like the first on purpose boob grab of like, you know, and I look down and I'm like, oh, okay. okay. You know, like I just like, I just kind of laughed and it's like, I don't know. It was just, it was just awkward. We were both yeah. just like so awkward. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, I can't imagine. Yeah. I mean, I also was the person who was like that summer we got married. I was working in a girls' camp and he would come up and pick me up and it would be hourish drive back down the Canyon. But this is the type of camp where it's a church camp. I was helping run it and it would be like going to bed at midnight or one o'clock or two o'clock and then getting up at six 30 and like yep. helping with 12 and 13 year old girls. So it was like high energy week, you know? Yep. And I would, I remember he would pick me up and I was like, Oh yes. And then I would like kind of sleep in the car as we were like driving down the mountain. But I was definitely the person who like, I'm like pretend sleeping, right? Like I'm kind of sleeping, but his hand is on my leg and I'm just gradually pulling his hand up my leg. <laughs> Where he's like, he's eventually like trying to stop it. So like. <laughs> so subtle. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious, I can't. Oh. Oh my gosh, I'm sure I have like a million stories like that. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, but I think like this emotional intelligence piece of it, right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, jump back to that is like that there is no rush. And I think that's the thing too, of, you know, feeling like you have to be somewhere right now. You have to like understand yourself right now. And that, and that feels suffocating and to like, look back and be like, Oh, I didn't know this, or I didn't know this. And for me, I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of things like that, that I could put on that list, but also like, it's okay. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we had first message and I was like, Morgan, let's come talk about sex. And you're like, I'm in the middle of, of some transitions right now. Literally in the middle of EMDR for sex. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I was, and I told you, I was like, I think we're always in the middle of something. We are. Yep. You were right. We are. Yeah. And, and there's never like an ending point where we're like, well, I've learned that lesson. Now. I know everything's good now. <laughs> I know. I think I told that to Shauna the other day. Cause she's like, babe, cause I'd come home from a therapy session and I'm like, when am I just going to like, not be in the middle of unlearning or learning something? And she's like, babe, it's okay. But I think that's kind of just like the whole point of life. But I mean, sometimes it does get overwhelming. And I think especially like as an adult, when you first do start to unpack a lot of stuff from your childhood, it can feel overwhelming at once because like, it's, you know, it's all layered. So like you peel one layer back and then you're like, oh my gosh, this peels another layer that I wasn't even thinking of. And so I feel like sometimes when you first start that process, it can feel a little bit overwhelming because you're like, oh my gosh, all this stuff is surfacing that like, I haven't really thought of in years. And here we are. Yeah. That said, and all the processing that always happens, I think that one of the things that I have found is a sense of play and sex. And because there is so much processing that has to happen of like all the things in our life and what do we think about it and how do we move forward with it and how do we like not repeat it and all the things, right? So I'd love to know about a time that you, perhaps that you laughed during sex or you laugh about a situation from sex um, that feels like it was playful. Okay, so Shauna and I laugh probably every time we have sex. Like, I kid you not, when we have sex, it's normally like an hour and a half later that we're coming out of the bedroom or wherever we were at. And like, probably over half of that time is us like giggling our heads off or just like stopping in the middle of having sex and be like, oh wait, did you remember? I forgot to tell you this from the other day. And like, we'll just go into like this whole conversation and then be like, Oh wait, let's get back to it. But I mean, I honestly, I don't know if I have like one specific example that stands out because it is so often with Shauna, which is something I so appreciate because something that I have been working on probably my whole life is the ability to let loose and let go and invite that play into sex, into any, into any area of my life. Um, Because I have felt very rigid since I was a child, um, like one word that comes to mind is poise. My parents growing up were like, be poised. When you are out in front of people, you know, keep your face poised, be poised. Like you can break down behind closed doors, but when you are in front of people, you keep this, you know, this graceful, like feminine Morgan persona. And I carried that with me for so long. And I, Shauna is the first person that I have very much like tried so hard to let some of those barriers and walls down because I I don't know what it is for me. I feel embarrassment and shame. And I think it all goes back, you know, to like that time when I was like 11 or 12 years old is that is my, me experiencing pleasure and fun and playfulness in my body immediately takes me back to feeling shame because that one time that I was giggling and laughing with my cousin about, you know, 
periods and your vagina and like learning about my body immediately got shamed for it. And so I think that instantly just kind of like closed my body off um, to experiencing joy and playfulness and sex. And that is what I'm going through EMDR for right now is my negative belief is that it is not safe to feel. And we are trying to switch that belief around to where I feel empowered and it's safe for me to feel all the things. And a lot of that is going back and letting my inner child know, like, what would you let yourself know like 20 years ago that you are safe, that you are okay to feel everything about your body, that you were in control of your body, that you can find pleasure in your body. So like reaffirming your inner child, like integrating all of those positive beliefs um, through EMDR, which was like that bilateral stimulation of the brain. And that has been so helpful for me lately and just kind of like finding that freedom and joy in sex. And I'm still, it's still a process. I'm still in the middle of it, but this is where I'm at now. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love this. Will you say more about EMDR? Cause I think I mean, that's not something I know a ton about. So perhaps it's yeah. they're like, what um, does that even mean? What does it look like? Okay. So it is eye movement reprocessing desensitization. It's like a lot of big words. Um, but basically, um, long story short, it's a lot of things, but it's essentially the bilateral stimulation of the brain. And this can be done via watching a light back and forth with your eyes. This can be done via tapping your hands under your collarbones. You can tap on top of your knees with your hands, but essentially whatever you're doing, it's stimulating both sides of the brain. And it is able to help you reprocess old memories that are now stored as trauma in your tissues of your body. So it's like it has stored as physical trauma in your body. And so much of that shame involving like sex and, and it's so interesting. It's so interesting. As I have been going through this EMDR for sex, my pelvic floor and my vagina have literally had flare ups as I'm like, like I have had aches and pains. And like, I've talked to my therapist about it and she's like, this is so wild because you know, your pelvic floor is also associated with your root chakra, which is how we feel safe and stable and our sense of grounding and home. And for me, that has been so shaken and just far off. Like I have never felt safe or stable, especially there in my body. And so like watching all of this kind of like as a yoga teacher, just kind of being very like aware of my body and in tune with it, going through this process of EMDR for sex and then noticing what is surfacing in my body has been so wild. And I really would encourage anyone who's doing EMDR or who is looking into it. A lot of people feel like it's going to bring up old traumatic memories, but for the most part, when you're going in these sessions and you're watching this light or you're doing the tapping, um, most of the memories are unconscious. You won't even remember them, but like my body physically releases and I'll have like tremors and shakes and twitches. And it's so fascinating because it happens on different sides of the body. And my therapist explained to me after like my sessions that it's such a beautiful thing because it really is both sides of the brain, like physically releasing the trauma from like 
all of your body. And it's been the most healing thing that I have gone through in terms of sex. And then also I did it for everything I'm working with, with like coming out and like my parents, which is a whole different conversation, but any sort of traumatic experience or event in someone's life. I I can't say enough good things about it. Really. It's incredible. Yeah. It reminds me like I, so I have not experienced that, but even yesterday I was working at my garage. My shoulders were like tired in between sets. And so I started shaking my shoulders and like the, a shaking practice, right? Like even when you're like, it's like this movement that takes you out of something that normally doesn't happen. Like it, it, it changes like your perception of like yes. current event. <laughs> it's like somatic healing almost. Yeah. Yeah. I and love like, Yeah. And like the word somatic for folks, like, is like this internal experience, you know, I think Mm -hmm. that we can, we can feel our, the way our, our fingers touch our face. Yeah. What does it feel like inside? Like there can also be like the inside of like, okay, what does it feel like? Can my, my, is, can my teeth, my inner cheek then feel like my teeth now? Yeah. Like then there's inside, but then there's inside that to be like, what is then the feeling Mm -hmm. of my hand touching my face? Mm -hmm. And that's the somatic experience is like, okay, now go deeper. Okay. Now go deeper. And then you can go even deeper than that into like, okay, well, what do I think about that? I even think that, is that okay that I think that? (laughs) Right. So, so this is is the somatic experience, but you know, I, I think something that's really beautiful in any sort of service things. I, I think it's the gift of having a one-on-one yoga teacher as well. Um, who's, who's doing good things for you. Um, well, what is that? And, or having somebody who is holding you in the space for EDM, yes. EDMR, um, EMDR. And for people who are physical therapists or who are massage therapists, it is this one-on-one connection. Yep. And I don't know about you, but being in front of somebody where you let them witness you, right. To be in a place that's safe enough where you're like, I can like, do all the shakes. I can say all the weird shit and like, you're going to stay right there and you are strong and you're, and I'm like, I am here for this. Yeah. Like like that, like there's so many layers in that of like one, like hold on to those people. Yes. Or keep paying them. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And like two, like the ability to do that in your own body is a process to, to like, give yourself enough trust to know that you're going to be held, that you're worth being witnessed and to allow yourself to be seen in that way. And then like, and then I'd say like it, having experienced myself in different, different ways of letting myself be witnessed, like to know that that other person has that space for me like that, it feels so acknowledging of my humanness. Yes. It's, Yeah. It's one of the most vulnerable things I've ever done. Cause like you said, allowing your body to process or just be in front of someone else is so vulnerable. I mean, I think the first time I went in to do this type of therapy, my therapist could see me like trying really hard. And she was like, Morgan, stop trying. There's no trying. (laughs) Like all you have to do is just exist and your body will do the rest. And that was such a powerful thing for me. I was like, okay, like my body knows what to do. I just have to like trust my body and like it knows what to do right now. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's a very like vulnerable place to be, but it is so beautiful. I've been with my therapist for like six years and 
I'm so thankful that she's kind of seen like all different like seasons of my journey. Yeah, I have so truly. much trust. Yeah. That level of trust with her is like, it's yeah. Unbreakable. Yeah. Well, and I, I like that. She's like, you're trying too hard. And yeah. it. I know that you're the competition like, yes. <laughs> is part of you and part of like, athletic competition. You're like, you're here to win. I know. I'm like, let's do this. Let's perform. <laughs> like, like we're here to perform. <laughs> Yeah. Like, but I think it is that performance piece. Like I'm here to perform. I'm here to like show up. I'm here to be the best and the, the best I possibly can. Absolutely. And, and the best doesn't look like shaking and crying. Right. Yep. Maybe perhaps it actually does. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It actually does. That's the, that's where the best parts of it came in. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I like the idea too. I'm, you know, when you talked about like, you're like, okay, my pussy is actually like feeling things right now in this process. Right. So this yeah. chakra, this, like yeah. where you're sitting and thinking of, you know, if we, uh, think of the womb, like for those folks who might not think of like yoga and chakras right. and things right. like that. Right. So the very bottom of you, if you're sitting onto a chair, right. Like this is your root. This is how do you build a foundation? How like, and it can pertain to like house and home and like people in your life that care about you and food to eat and all these things, right. It's a sense of safety. It's a sense of yes. homeness yes. and above that is the source of creativity. This is the womb. This is the birthplace. And so using the body as this example of, of that. And I think it's really beautiful then to look at the way that, I mean, how old are you now, Morgan? How old am I? I'll be 32 this year. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't so like, <laughs> but like looking at this, this time frame of like, when you, so you got married when you were like 21 ish. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Okay. And then you were married for how long? Mm. Oh gosh. Five years. Yeah. I feel like it five, was like just long. coming up on five years. Yeah. Yeah. So like looking at that time, well, even now, so that's like 11 years, right? So mm -hmm. I'm like looking at the way that, um, and you found yoga then in that space as well. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so looking at the source of creativity where you're like, okay, what is my root? How do I find a sense of creativity and where those two want to play together? Like mm -hmm. they are right there, like literally play together, <laughs> like literally like touch that <laughs> it's going to end. Like, it's going to like tingle that, right? Like yeah. there's an actual, like if we use sex as then that thing that really unites Mm -hmm. like the root chakra with like this creative chakra and to be like, okay, this, like these things actually really coincide together. Yeah. And so to then like, you know, be a, a fly on the wall and peeking in your window on the gram. Right. And to watch your creation, then that you started to really take in for your body and that you started creating the space for yourself in your basement with your yes. cement <laughs> wall and where you like have your tubs, your, your storage tubs, and you're yep. practicing pressing with your yep. feet on the storage tubs and on the balls and, and the dogs and the dogs. I was there for it. Oh my God. I know. Wow. That's wild. I love that you remember like the storage tubs specifically for like pressing. Absolutely. Well, it is like, and even, yeah. So I just think like all of that and watching your creativity 
you know, and I, and I think it's, it's interesting when we allow ourselves to like tap into some creativity and then we can really start to look at the way that that relationship is to how do we, how do we stay in a creative space? We have to have a place that feels safe. Yes. that feels like can hold that. And so I, I think it can be a, an, an opportunity then to observe, like, how do I stay in this space? It is, is that home space feel like a safe, stable space for myself mm-hmm. and it, and allows you to begin to ask questions sometimes, hopefully, right. There's not always yes. a safety in that, but hopefully there is. Yeah. I mean, that's very much like what you're saying, home and safe space. Like that is always what yoga has been to me. Like when people ask me, like, what does yoga mean to you showing up on my mat, no matter what season of life, I've been in, no matter who I've been with, no matter what continent I've been on, arriving on my mat was always like a sense of like arriving at my, like in my home. Um, That was my home for so long because it was the only constant, like in all it asks of you is to simply like show up and arrive. And like, how beautiful is that? And it was my first sense of, in a way of really starting to explore myself and my body. And I do remember when I first started yoga, people in the community that I grew up in, like the religious community, like, oh, are you a pagan? You must be a heathen now. Like you're doing witchcraft. Like you're wearing tight leggings. You're showing off your body. Your Instagram is soft porn. And people were so threatened by like watching someone like come into themselves and their power and their body. And yoga, I will say is probably the first time that I really started to, you know, step into my power in that sense. Yeah, I 100% agree with this. And I, I think that it's, um, sometimes our, our emotions and our feelings can lead the way our body feels when you don't feel well, like you make yourself small, right? Like think of if you have a stomach ache, like you're like, like on yourself, right? And then it's like hot and sticky and you're just like arms out, body out. You're like, okay, yep. This feeling is like, I'm hot. Like I'm here. Right. And so we can have internal feelings affect the way we are, our body then holds shape but kind of then using that to our advantage saying, actually, if I put my body in these shapes, I know that my emotions affect my body so I can help my body start to teach my emotions things too. Yes. And so like yoga is just a series of power poses and of like exploring movement in so many different ways that we might not otherwise. Yeah, it really is. That's beautiful. Yeah. I, I had the same experience where I think like it really was that home space for me and began yeah. to like explore my body and happening also been athletic, like as a kiddo and growing up that way too. And lifting weights is its own thing. Like yoga and lifting <laughs> weights, they both do different things for me. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Yep. So, but going to like thinking of, of body, thinking of learning body and here you are like diving into yoga and your community has some thoughts about yoga. Was that something that was a fairly like common conversation like in specific, the word yoga being said, like, that's a bad thing um, like prior to you even like experimenting with yoga. No, I had never even heard anyone talk about yoga in like a, in a bad way before I started doing it. And I don't know if that's because it wasn't a common topic of conversation. Like I didn't grow up around yoga. Um, you know, I was a swimmer. My brothers were cyclists. We did basically track cycling and swimming. 
Um, so I never grew up around yoga and I'm not really sure why people responded so like aggressively when I started doing it. Um, but yeah, many of my friends, like my parents were very, very concerned. Like, I don't know if you've heard this term before, but it's very common in like the Christian world, but they were like, you're on a slippery slope, Morgan, like that slippery slope. <laughs> and I'm just like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm literally moving my body. And for me, it was very much like coming off of 10 years of swimming. I mean, you just said it yourself. I'm a very like competitive like must move my body person. I felt lost after swimming. I was swimming 24 hours a week. And as soon as I found yoga, I basically replaced all the effort that I was putting into the pool onto my mat. And I get, I don't really know if it was the fact that I was practicing yoga and putting my body on Instagram for thousands of people to view. But I remember, and again, this is where shame comes into play with like owning my body. When I was going through my divorce, so mid twenties, um, my mother-in-law, my ex-mother-in-law now had kept a binder of everything that I, yes, I'm not, it's, I, it's it's crazy. She had literally, I went over to her house. I did her a favor. I showed up at her house after I, she knew I was getting a divorce from her son because she wanted to talk to me, um, pulled out a binder at her house, opened up, she'd printed off all these like photos and captions and things that I posted on Instagram from the last few years and basically sat me down and told me that me putting this much of my body on display, me putting soft porn onto the internet was the reason that my marriage was falling apart. And so (laughs) that was also a huge kind of like, again, just feeling shame for my body. And this time, not even in what I thought was a sexual way, I'm feeling empowered and strong and good in my body. And again, someone is bringing it to me and being like, this isn't appropriate. Like, this is not good. And you should feel bad about it. Um, yeah. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. That's so aggressive. Very aggressive. Very aggressive. Um, I'll never forget it. I was just completely blown away. I mean, to have someone pull a binder out, I'm like, that's a lot of effort, a lot of effort. Like, how are you so invested in my exercise? (laughs) But like, I think this is, you know, (sighs) yes. And right. Like here are some women in your life. You think of your mother, you think mm-hmm. of this ex-mother-in-law, mm-hmm. think of these women that are older than us that are from yeah. a different generation, like the amount of shame that, oh that, that they are carrying, perhaps that they, they didn't talk about it. You know, I hosted a retreat, a yoga retreat, a couple of, a couple of years ago, and there was some people who came to it and there was a, a variety of people. There was like somebody who was 19 and somebody who was like, in their fifties that could have been like the mother. Right. And I just remember there was one evening where, um, the last evening we're all sitting around and talking and sharing and, uh, this other, this woman who is, is older than, than just like the oldest one there. And she's like, I could be your old mothers. And, and like, I didn't realize that when I signed up for this yoga treat that like, there was going to be this like conversation like this, like the, uh, the other things that weren't just like standing on our yoga mat (laughs) and, 
and she's like, I, I'm not, you know, I just want to say, she said, she said something to, to the effect that these aren't the sorts of conversations that I have had in my life or that I was able to have when you're, when I was your age. And I just love that this is happening now, even though I'm not sure I feel comfortable having them. Like this is really important. And we weren't like, I mean, who knows whatever random things like we're together for a certain amount of days. So people can just bring up whatever conversations. Right. Right. Um, so I think it's just, I don't know, this acknowledgement, this deep acknowledgement to other generations prior to ours that now we're like, we have this communal energy of like, we can look at these things and we can, we can get bigger than them. Where like the systems of patriarchy, the systems of like men as like holding the table, um, we're not as challenged before there wasn't enough. There wasn't a lot of, of space there. There was a lot of shaming and just thinking of this, this, this woman in your life who took it upon herself to make all to print off, to use all from printer ink and replace it probably multiple times, (laughs) (laughs) which is super annoying, (laughs) but like, you know, that she did this and, and just like that hand to heart for her and like, damn, like, the stuff that she is carrying is mm-hmm. so much. Does that make it okay that that's what happened? No, but also like, this is why this is important. This is, is why these conversations are important. This is why I just like saying the damn thing and being like, we're here, we're doing this. Yeah. Like, this is normal to be talking about this and to be, and to be talking about our relationships, our bodies and with each other. Yes. And I can't imagine like, you know, here we are in like, just like mid like thirties, And these women are probably close to double our age and how much longer they've carried these like limiting beliefs with them and how much harder it would be to kind of come out of that. And I do, I have so much compassion for humans in that time of their life because I cannot, it's hard for me as a 32 year old to unpack just, you know, the past few decades worth of stuff that I can remember much less almost like an entire lifetime. And so I do, I like, I look back on those experiences and I'm able to just kind of like brush them off now where at the time I was quite angry, but also look back and be like, like you said, hand to heart. I have so much compassion for, you know, probably what you believe about yourself, much less other women and their body. And that's sad. And I, and I like the, and I guess like for me, I'm just like, okay, it has to be a both and like both like acknowledgement that what is being projected and told is not cool. Yep. And, (laughs) and like that person is coming from a place of hurt. And so acknowledging like it can, both of those things can exist at the same time. It's, it's, it doesn't have to be pretty. Yeah. And it's normally not. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) It's normally not. Normally not. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I remember, so I'm just going to keep, we're going to keep walking. So I remember, um, I can see it in my head, the video of you doing acro on your porch and, um, your ex making a video of you. And like, is the video where it was like showing like around, I don't know, like it was like, it was beautiful. Like you were, doing, Oh, you were I like, Yes. I'm like, wait, cause there's so many videos, but I remember yeah. exactly what you're talking about. It wasn't even, it was like house. a special project or something. Yes. It was like on an outside deck. Yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm pretty sure I was wearing like blue leggings or something. 
I literally like have, I know what you're talking about because my ex husband was there as well as my most recent ex who I did acro with and his girlfriend at the time was there too. So all four of us were there making that video together. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Cause I just remember that video and then you got divorced and then you were with him for a while. And I felt like there was a lot of churn within, you know, and, and thinking of, you know, you're a social figure, like you're, have people like listening to you and watching you. And I think the idea, and I've heard people say like, if you go in the acro community, then everybody's just like, going to want to try to have sex with you. And I'm like, that's not necessarily true. Could people be there? Yeah. And also, you know what? <laughs> I've been to some sex clubs before, and there's a lot of people that are not acro people that would also have sex. With yes. So yes. it doesn't really it's like, like more people like, thing, less than acro <laughs> thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you'd be surprised yeah. at how she has up in sex club. Like, at, you know, like look around in the grocery store. This, this is good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> but you know, how was that process? Like, what was that experience like then getting divorced and then being with your acro partner for a while? Like you moved, you had that, you had a beautiful space. You were like kind of in this new exploration and new kind of version of yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, honestly it was tumultuous and most of what people were seeing on Instagram was probably the unhappiest version of myself. Mm. Um, that two years of my life is really such a blur because I was not only in one of the most toxic relationships I've ever been in. It made my marriage feel like a breeze. Um, I was also friends with someone at the time who I was traveling with a lot. That was also a very toxic friendship and having both of those people, um, in my life every single day for two years, I, I don't even think I knew who I was like, and I remember thinking after I got out of my divorce or like after I went through my divorce and started dating my ex, um, I remember thinking if anything feels wrong in this relationship, God forbid me from ever saying anything is wrong because my parents were already so upset at me for getting a divorce. I'm like, I'm in this relationship and I'm going to make it look like the best fucking thing ever because my pride so wanted to be out of this divorce and just let my parents know that I was okay because it was never safe to feel going back to the, it not being safe to feel. It was never safe to express my emotions. It was never okay to not be okay. And so I was like, I'll be damned if my parents don't think I'm living like my best life ever. And I'm going to show the world that I'm living my best life. And, you know, I look back on those two years and I'm like, it was mutually beneficial in the sense that I got to see a lot of the world and I got some pretty cool pictures out of it. And that is what I think of those two years as I'm like, had some travel buddies, had some cool pictures, but all in all, um, that relationship was much more of just a, uh, like a roommate situation, like just kind of like, it felt like more of like a, a very toxic partnership. And I don't, I don't know how many details I should or should not get into. Cause I don't know if this person will end up listening to it, but it was, it was not only like verbally abusive, but financially abusive. 
Um, yeah, it was very dark, very dark time for me. And um, I remember meeting the group of friends I have now, which are all lesbians. And like my life changed, you know, that little, I don't know. There's like a slide that goes around on Instagram. It basically says like a day without lesbians is a day without sunshine. And that's what I felt like when I met this group of women. And from the moment I met them, I did not want to go one day without seeing them. I literally, and that's when I kind of realized I was like running away from the life that the relationship and the friendship that I was in currently is when I started noticing myself, like always wanting to hang out with this other group of people. I mean, any chance I had, like I made extra food. Why don't you all come over? Like what? I mean, and I would purposely make extra food and like Shauna was part of this group. And I think that's kind of where I really started like deep diving into like myself and like asking those questions. I didn't like dare ask when I was a kid. And that was like, okay, like I'm attracted to women and like, that is okay. And it's not only okay, it's good and it's beautiful and it's amazing. And so I think that's when I started to form like that friendship with all of these women and as well as Shauna. And it literally like flipped my life upside down in the best way possible. Mm. Oh, it's like the snap for you at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it does feel very like, tumultuous too because I'm like like you said like living in the public view and 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 like being okay with owning your story is so hard sometimes because you read what people say and you read the judgments and you read that oh you just hopped from this to this to this and oh you just like and I'm like sometimes I'm like holy moly like my whole life has been just out there for everyone to see, for everyone to judge, for everyone to scrutinize. And some days I feel so overwhelmed from that because I'm like, I'm just a normal human, just trying to figure out my life, trying to figure out myself. And also hopefully inspire others and maybe validate others that are on the same journey. But those are like tough shoes to walk in some days. I mean, I know, you know, I do know. I do know. Recently, I was in my closet and folding some of my clothes, which always feels like a win. Just, just yes, it up. <laughs> so that's a win. Yeah, <laughs> and my agree. daughter, my daughter came in and um, and I was actually talking about I was talking on the podcast. I was talking about a couple of things, and then she is she is fourteen, and and I was just saying how I was like I'm just somebody sitting in their closet, folding clothes, like it's so normal. This is like such (laughs) a normal thing. And then this is the experience that I'm also having. Like it's a both. And I'm like, I'm this. And also then like these other people are giving me this feedback or, or, or talking with me in these certain ways. And like the gift that that feels like in my life to be able to know that we can do this for and with each other, like is overwhelming that that is is possible and yeah yeah I feel that and also you know I think sometimes I I think of less of numbers um 
Cause I'm like, I don't want to think about any numbers of, of folks that might pay attention. Cause you're like, well, if all these people came in a room together, I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you're like, I can't, I actually like not going to think about numbers. And it's like, you know, it's like visioning like somebody there in front of me. I'm like, I'm writing this for this person or I'm writing this. Or I'm, ultimately what I'm writing and posting is like a lot for myself. I'm like, the, the, yeah. I enjoy this. I want yeah. to do this. That's why I'm doing it. And also I want to be, I want to I want to make a difference in yeah. that too. So I want to show up in both ways. And, and so I think your conversation though, about, about not wanting to be perceived then, you know, as not being okay. And, and then knowing that all these eyes are on you, knowing that like, you're having this impact and people are like, oh, you're uh, 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 or like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And like, that is so legit. And I think especially as you know, your relationship with your family, it continues to evolve, evolve and your parents mm-hmm. and, and wanting to like prove to them, you know, it's like this proving that, and it's like truly one of the mantras that I say often is I have nothing to prove or you have okay. nothing to prove, but I think there are times in us. And I think I say it because I feel it. Like I say it because I'm like, Oh, do I have to prove something? Like, Nope, I have nothing to prove. Right. That's really why I'm saying this. Yes. Like (laughs) I need to hear this for myself. (laughs) Right. Right. But like, it's okay to not be okay. And to like, choose something like we celebrate yeses so fucking much, but like the celebration of no's doesn't happen. I know. And so for you, you're like, you're like, no, this doesn't work for me. And then it's like, shame, you said no. And they're like, okay, I'm going to say yes here. Cause, and if I say no, then there's going to be like shame there again for saying no, but like, it's like, well, why are you saying no? Like, why? Like, isn't that like, that should be just as celebrated. Yeah. You know, when we're like, okay, I'll do this. I'll do this. I'll do this. And we all know how to say yes really well. And they're like, actually, I don't have enough capacity for this thing. And I'm not showing up well enough. So I have to say no, like. I, when people will say different things to me now, I'm like, I love that you're taking care of yourself. I love that you know yourself well enough that you can say no right now. And like 100%, like want to acknowledge Yes, Like that's so important. It is. It is. I did not learn that until a few years ago. (laughs) And it's something that's really hard to keep like integrating into my day-to-day life. Oh yeah. I, I have, I'm still working on saying no to things. So yes. (laughs) But, you know, just this, this version of where you're staying in this place and wanting to prove to your parents that you made a good choice and prove to like this religious community that thinks like you're a heathen. (laughs) Right. And, you know, I, and my, my ex, um, I think of like, I still am like, okay, my mother-in-law, like, I mean, she just like, this is part of my family for so long. My kids, you know, so I think in some ways I'm like, I don't know how else to refer to you. You're still like my (laughs) mother-in-law. Like this is who you are. Um, and, um, and I, I love them still. And, and also I know that there was a point in time and perhaps, perhaps this perception has changed too. So I don't want to layer that on as like a, a, a current belief, but I know that there was said, um, not to, to me, but to my ex of, um, like a blame of me and my transformation on, well, mm-hmm. it's because she's doing yoga. And so like kind of this, this exploration of, of self. Yes. It's such the church religion literally will do anything to keep people and especially women from like exploring themselves and just like exploring anything and asking questions. 
And that was, oh man, that's like such a huge part of like everything that I'm undoing right now. And I don't want a blanket statement. I know not all churches and religion, but I guess like the like the fundamentalist part of religion and churches don't want people to ask questions. They don't want self-exploration. And I mean, that's something that I've had to learn. Like I've had to self-explore so much later in life, which has been hard and beautiful and like messy and scary and like all tangled into like the same (laughs) ball of emotions. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I think there's part of me that I, I am appreciative that I'm this old, like I'm 38 and I was like, I'm actually, I feel good that this is like the exploration time, you know, yeah. perhaps I was 20 when I got married, but now like I'm not married and now I have some other things already that I've done. I already have like yeah. this, this other sort of root or base or home set up that I want to move from. And, and that feels like it's something for me to celebrate. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's a good space to be in. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't have babies, so that makes it really helpful. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> like they're, they're older. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. It's, it's, that's a, that's a different type of conversation though, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they're not just for babies, the, 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 ba- the human babies. <laughs> I have no human babies, no plans on human babies, but respect the hell out of those that do. Mm. So I know that you share a bunch about your story with Shauna, but I want this to be here as well because it feels really important. And so you found this group of people. Yes. Like I feel alive here. I feel home here. This is the people that I want to be around. You navigate to like leaving this relationship that you were in with your ex Mm -hmm. and a friendship that then had to change as well. And then you like are really then found in a supportive group. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, so I'm trying to think, I told Shauna that I liked her, um, after alcohol which I never drink like ever. (laughs) I'm not an alcohol person. I just don't like it. Sometimes I wish I was for like social things and just like, you know, be nice to sip on a glass of wine. I think it's gross. I'm a Coke person. But anyways, I, we were at this mutual friends party, had a glass of pineapple juice and rum and completely like just but it was one, one drink. And that just like sent me, I was done. Sean is like, you let's drive you home. I'm going to drive you home you need to get home safe. And I guess somewhere on the drive home, I literally must, I like look over at her and I'm like, Shauna, I like you a whole lot. And I guess I just like passed out after that. She carried me up the stairs, got me in bed. I woke up the next day with like really no memory of what happened, but but a text from her. And she was like, we should probably have a talk. And I was like, Oh, like, what's wrong? Is everything okay? She's like, no, everything's great. You just like said some stuff last night. And I just want to make sure like we're on the same page and that you like remember what you said. And I was like, oh my God, like, what did I say? 
So yeah, we went on a drive and she basically told me what I said. And she's like, you kind of spilled the beans a little bit. And I was like, oh God. So I can either like lie my face off and say that I didn't say that, or I can just like own up to my feelings and tell her I actually do like her, like sober, like I like you a lot. (laughs) So I told her and things just were so natural from there. I mean, she was already my best friend. So like having that foundation was something that, was so special because there was already so much trust there. And I think moving into a relationship with her as my girlfriend was just like the most beautiful thing ever. I mean, truly like still feel like the luckiest girl in the world. I'm like, it's nothing that I'd ever experienced in like terms of like, just feeling safe and goofy. I didn't even know I was like goofy. I'm a goofy person. And like, she brought that side out of me. Like, and I guess that's the whole, like, I'm not safe to feel not safe to let go. Going back to that. Like I met this person that made me feel like safe to let go and like really just like tap into my true self, like all parts of that, even just stupid stuff, like talking silly to like the pets you know, I never used like a baby pet voice or like how you talk stupid to animals until I met Shauna. Cause I was so closed off and rigid and poised. poised. Like, yes. Poised. Always keeping myself together. Never once did that until I met her. And so like, she's just made this whole part of me that's been buried for so long, like bloom. And I, yeah, I like literally like can't thank her enough for that because yeah. She's just like my person, like that brought it all out of me. <laughs> this is so fucking beautiful. Yeah. Like and it, this is what you want for everybody, right? Everybody. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh. Like I want this for everyone. And it's out there. Like it, I know it is. I mean here, like I wouldn't have thought at 28 after, you know, failed relationships and a divorce and that I'd find the love of my life and that she'd be my best friend and that I'd be a lesbian. And I'm like, so stoked about it. I'm like, I'm a lesbian. (laughs) It was like, just like the most liberating feeling. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. You know, I so, I so appreciate the way that you're talking about like the dorky voice to your, your pets and like, there's like several things I'm like, wow, I'm such a dork. And, um, my, my lover that I'm with right now, um, I have like these fuzzy socks that, um, have not always been considered something attractive by other relationships and other relationships. And like this, my lover right now is like, you look so fucking cute in those socks. Like, I don't even say anything about socks. I'm like, well, I'll just wear these socks. And then like, it's such a healing thing. Cause I'm like, yes. Oh, I can just be like, bring all the weird like yes. I can I, I don't have to hide anything it's bring so out the fuzzy funny. socks it's literally the best just to like be yourself like sometimes I just like go up to Shauna and like bite her cheek and like I've never done that or just like you know and she'll come up to me and like nibble my neck and make these weird noises and she calls it like her baby dinosaur noises and she'll like come up and just like nog my neck with like her mouth and her nose and make all these funny like snorty noises and I'm like where like this is the playfulness and like the joy and just like the freedom and like being with someone that I always craved but didn't really think existed based off of what I knew about intimacy and like relationships and 
I, everyone deserves that freedom to like just be their full selves in the presence of like someone else. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, how much more does that intimacy translate to like the bedroom when you're able to just like do all that goofy stuff out like in your house or just every day making breakfast, doing laundry? Like, I mean, how much more that translates like into the bedroom and like having sex and it's just a whole feeling of like just being so comfortable in your body and right, in your body with sex gets weird it does <laughs> it gets really weird and it's very vulnerable and like stuff yeah. happens and like people are near your asshole and you're like what 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 <laughs> like it's just like lots of messy stuff <laughs> it's so true wait okay so oral sex speaking of people next to your asshole is that something that you enjoyed prior to shauna oh no did it no. ever happen in before fact, i literally no oh my god like i okay. literally um did not want oral sex before i was like absolutely not get away from me like get away from me i didn't trust it i didn't want anyone down there especially with men i just and i i look back and i'm like it's it's so tricky to unwind like what was religious and what was maybe me not being out yet um and i'm like you know what but i don't I'm like, I don't need to, it doesn't matter. And, um, but I never felt comfortable with that in any other relationships. And then like Shauna came into my life and like blew my mind. So <laughs> like, now I'm like, you're like, go ahead. Yeah, we can definitely try that. <laughs> so what was that like? Like, this is the first time you've ever had oral sex and it's a woman, not a man, like, which doesn't really matter, but it matters because this is like a new experience for you being with somebody that is not male identifying. And also then oral sex is like a whole thing of itself, regardless of who yes. it's so like there. in the past, like, I want to say like, I've had people like down there before, but not ever to me, like having an orgasm. And I was very uncomfortable. It was literally like one or two minutes. And I'm like, okay, no, no, no. Like this isn't working. Mm -hmm. I hate it. Okay. Um, and it just wasn't, it was not a comfortable, like safe, good feeling experience at all for me. And so like, after those few times, I just completely nixed it. I was like, nope, that's not a part of sex for me. And so when Shauna and I started dating, like we moved so slow. And I remember when we started dating, she told me, she's like, I want you to make the first move because this is your first relationship with a female. I don't ever want to pressure you or push you into anything so like as we're having sex and starting to explore things like let's talk about it and how about you kind of make the first move or invite something into having sex so I know that this is what you feel comfortable with and this is what you want and that way you don't feel pressured to say no or have anxiety about hurting my feelings or like just so thoughtful like mm -hmm. just so many thoughts. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've never had someone just have so many like thoughts about going into sex and making sure I feel comfortable and making sure I'm pleasured and that I'm put first. And like, and I mean, even like foreplay, I'm like, oh my gosh, like what is even foreplay? Certainly not what I've been experiencing in the past. <laughs> yeah. So the first time we had oral sex like I just felt so comfortable 
I mean, I don't, I mean, that's all I can remember is just feeling like so safe and comfortable. And like, maybe at first a little bit hesitant because it was something very new for me, but I knew she was my best friend. And that's something that we've always come back to. We're always like best friends first. Like we're best friends first before we're anything else. And just like, for some reason, that phrase just made me feel so safe. And I'm like, I'm literally getting to have sex with my best friend. Like how rad is that? I think if anything, I was so excited, like nervous, but more than anything, I was so excited because I just knew that this was what my body had been longing for, for so long. And like to finally, like, it's going to make me cry. (laughs) Cause like to finally like get to that point in my body and my life, it was like so cathartic just to like have that not only like physical release, but just like emotional, like I made it here. Like here we are. I don't know. To yourself. You gave it to yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just like so beautiful. And ever since we started dating, I've just been like, so over the moon, like ecstatic that this is my life. I'm like, how, like, how is this my life? I didn't think this existed. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, she like completely changed my world. And, and I mean, it doesn't mean that we don't like, I still, I mean, it's why I'm in therapy right now for sex. Like, it doesn't mean that those deep rooted beliefs aren't still there and like things still rise up for me that I can't help just because they're in my body and like I have to actively work on those things but I think the big difference is just being with someone that cultivates that safe space where like I know it's okay to not be okay and that's never been a thing for me before yeah oh I am <laughs> so grateful to, to be, to be on this, this, this end of, of hearing this story and, <laughs> and just thinking about, I don't know how you truly gave yourself permission to show up. Like you, you continually gave yourself like, okay, I'm going to make another choice. Okay. I'm going to make another choice. And the way that like, we have the power to like, choose again and you can choose yeah. again. And I, and sometimes we feel like we're stuck. we feel like we can't choose because maybe we're trying to prove it. Maybe it's a not okay to be okay. You know, not okay. <laughs> and maybe like all of these things. Right. And, and to continually choose you and be like, Nope, that wasn't it. Okay. I'm going to yeah. choose me again. Okay. That wasn't it again, but I, I'm going to choose again because something's going to be like, something's going to move me in a way that is going to be big. And it's going to be there and I'm going to keep choosing and I'm going to choose and I'm going to pay attention and I'm going to like, try to be really present with that. And, and you keep choosing, like you kept choosing that, like you Mm -hmm. gave that to yourself. You gave that permission to yourself to arrive. And, and the experimentation piece of that is so, is so big. It is. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I'm just like remembering what you said earlier of not proving yourself to anyone and, or not having to. And that's literally, I think, what I had to keep telling myself. I think we always have to tell ourselves that probably our whole lives. But I mean, through the majority of these big seasons of change in my life, I had to keep reminding myself of that. It's like, you don't owe anyone anything. And you can literally choose to be a different version of yourself daily if that is what is, you know, bringing you joy in that moment or what you need to do, you know? 
to like be where you are in this moment in life. And like, that's why I tell everyone else, I'm like, never be afraid to like, just keep like changing versions of yourself. Like it's okay. Like there's no one saying you have to be this way for this long before trying something else. Like shit, change five times a day if you need to, like, just like be yourself, whatever that looks like. And who cares what anyone, nobody's like, everybody's the center of their own universe. Right. So like nobody actually fucking cares what you do. Like they might, they might say something, but like, we're all like very much stuck in our own worlds. We cannot escape them. Yeah. (laughs) True. I'm kind of here in my head. I cannot leave. (laughs) Exactly. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yesterday you posted a video where you and Shauna. (laughs) I'm dying. You and Shauna um were did a video where like you're sitting on the couch together and then you're talking to you also sitting on the couch together, but then Shauna's dressed up in a dress, you have a fake beard on. Yes, you're pretending to be like (laughs) lesbian couple to a a heterosexual couple, and you're like talking about sex. And I loved the way that you did the spin on that, where you're like this lesbian couple talking to the woman, the quote unquote woman of this yeah. relationship, of the AKA Shauna. Yeah. <laughs> in her wig, <laughs> as Sandy. Her legs crossed. It's like, I'm in this space. And clothes that she does not wear. <laughs> no, <laughs> <It was> definitely not. <laughs> that was the best part. I'm like, yeah, Shauna, oh, get I it. Can't. I know, I'm like, it's your boobs in that dress for me. <laughs> I know. I agree. <laughs> I agree. And you're like, wait, so like, when did you know that they like, how did you know that you wanted to sleep with a man? Like, yeah, you've never even ever been with a man. Like, how did you know you didn't want to be with women? And like, I loved the way that you spun on its head where, where it's so often said then from this more heteronormative kind of yeah. perspective. Yes. I mean, I feel like it's so important because it's so you know, especially when you're a child, like kids don't forget that stuff. And like, I feel like so many adults or parents now are like, you're too young to know that you're gay. And I'm like, when did anyone ever tell you when you were a kid that you were too young to know that you were straight? Like nobody ever, no one says that. So I don't know. We just tried to kind of put a like comical, but educational spin on what it's like to receive those comments or even just like very like probing comments. Like, how do you all even have sex? Well, can you really have sex? Well, let's talk about how sex doesn't just look like a penis entering a vagina. Like, how about we talk about that? Because I feel like the way that I was raised, there was one, one definition of sex. And really like just only a few reasons to have it, to please your husband and to reproduce. And so I think, and Shauna has a lot of important conversations on her stories, like via polls and stuff on just the radically different ways that people think or define different words or things surrounding sex. And so, I don't know, we just like to really educate people in like a gentle but also like, you know, comedic relief way of inviting different perspectives. Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's very entertaining to watch. So thank you. And and like, you're also owning the shit out of your space. Like you too, for your, for your personal own evolution, then to be like, okay, now like I'm lesbian over here, people. So we're going to talk about this. And this is like, this is the trajectory of space that I've come from and through and in. And also there's, I know there's a public eye on me and also like, we can do better together here. So yeah. yeah. Well, you want to know something that's so funny is in making that video and this kind of ties into like, just, um, letting go and not being poised and being goofy. When Shauna first came up with the idea for that video, I was like, I have to act like hell no. I don't like that's, I, I got so embarrassed the first few takes that we did that video because this deep seated part of me was like, poise, poise, Morgan, like pull it back together. Like you cannot act like you're talking to no one. This is so stupid, embarrassing. Like, what are you doing? And Shauna was like, babe, like, this is so good for you. Like, let go, be goofy, act like, you know, talk to the invisible Sandy and Todd that don't exist on the other end of the couch. (laughs) And it took us like at least half an hour before we could actually start filming that video. Cause I was so in my head about just like letting go and doing something like funny or goofy. And so those deep rooted parts of me still like very much exist that I must like present as a certain way and, you know, be very poised and like put together on camera. And so that was also very much like cathartic for me. It was a release in a sense, like just another part of me being able to like fully come into myself and like, you know, let go of those old like ways of thinking that were just kind of like holding me back. Yeah. Mm. When I was a kid, we're both oldest in our families. And so oldest in family slash religious upbringing. Like there's several layers in there. We're both Virgos. Some similarities in this space. Yes. Um, I was, I was always told that I was, was, and was to be the example. Yes. So much pressure. And so that's like, like, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm the example. Like, yep. and I mean, I did have a boyfriend in high school, which my parents were not happy about, but um, <laughs> that was my choosing. <laughs> um, but I like this, this kind of play on the video because I have found this for myself. So in recording classes, and I know you record classes and you talk to an invisible, invisible audience there. Yep. Right. So it's like also this recognition of like, oh, you already do that. Yes. That's what Shauna said. She's like, babe, you literally talk to no one every day. And I'm like, but it's different. Like it's different because I'm teaching and I'm in my zone and I'm like, Uh she's like, but no, it's not different. And I'm like, Oh, like, why are you right about things? (laughs) Well, and I have found like in my recording videos, I'm like, wow, I am so dorky. There is something that I like, I just say like the weirdest things. And I even got a comment recently of somebody who's like, Hey, I was doing your class online and like, you were so dorky and I loved it. Oh my god. Oh my god. I love that. 
I, I yeah. feel like I'm literally the same way. Like I think the other day in a class, I cued something to where like I wanted the elbow to lead first. So it was like like a shark fin. And then I was like, you know, in Finding Nemo, like shark bait, ooh-ha. Yeah. Like, like, what are you saying? Like, yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's exactly what I talked about where I'm like, well, whatever. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love that. I love it so much. Yeah. And I, but it did take a while for me to step into that space to be like, oh, and I think that was like the scary thing about even starting to record videos is like our voice is so much a part of our owning our ourselves and what we want and who we are and being able to then share that in a public way to be like, oh my gosh, people can like scrutinize this and look at uh, it and rewind it. And I'm going to like sound so weird right here, but okay. Yeah. It's just like That's learning right. to be unapologetically like yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, congratulations on being a lesbian. Thank you. <laughs> I feel very proud of myself. Like I need like, a medal or something around my neck. <laughs> Quite proud to be a lesbian. <laughs> but I, I think that one of the really important things is that you've had more than one experience. And then I think it's really tricky when, you know, everybody's in so many different places with their relationship and should I leave or should I stay or should I like, I don't, I don't know. Everybody has to make their own choices of that. I know that for myself, having, having the experiment with multiple people allows me to recognize, we'll go loop this back to the beginning, a somatic experience, Mm -hmm. like not just how their fingers feel on my skin, not how my skin feels against them, but how I feel inside of being with them. And that that truly is different with everyone. And, and you, you don't know that. And it's hard to know that when you're younger, like we're trying to like figure out what the hell, like we'd like to eat for breakfast. I don't know. (laughs) There's like so many layers of things we're trying to learn. (laughs) Basic life decisions to like serious life decisions. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Um, at this moment then for you and knowing where you're at now in the space and you're in the middle of EMDR and what is it that you would like to experience sexually? Like you would like to explore something you're like, Oh, this is like fantasy land for me. This is, or something perhaps you want to learn something you want to share. Hmm. Does that look forward? I, okay. So Shauna and I talk about this often. It is like a goal for me to feel comfortable enough to role play like in the bedroom and I'm getting there but something that my therapist and I talk about is things that feel good in the bedroom start with what feels safe and feels good and like work your way up from there and so like for me it's very much baby steps I'm still learning how to feel safe as Morgan as myself in this body and so I think some of that other stuff is going to come eventually um, when I'm when I'm not done with this season of life, but when I've already like worked through this season of life and what this looks like, just feeling safe as Morgan and myself. Because I mean, really, this is also so new for me, like dating Shauna and being with a woman and like learning this version of myself has only really come about in the last four years. So we very much have like so many fun ideas of what we want our time in the bedroom, I guess, quote unquote, to look like. And one of those is like role-playing. And I think that would be so fun because even just doing that funny skit with Shauna, I'm like, 
we had a blast together. Like it was hilarious. And I'm like, I can only imagine what this would look like if we did that, you know, while we were having sex or like took it in that direction. And like, that is where I want to be someday. Yeah. You know, I love about that too, is that you're like, well, how much fun would that be? And I think sometimes we're like, okay, well, if you're in the bedroom, if we're like having sex, whatever on the couch, the kitchen counter, wherever you are, right. That it has to be like serious or intent. Like right. it's like, we're like, this is like super drippy or romantic. Yeah. Like here we are, but it's like, it can be all the things like, you're like, okay, grab me super hard. I just want you yes. to own the hell out of me. Okay. Now I just want you to caress me soft. Yeah. Just kiss every part of my body. Okay. Now I would like you to be the next door neighbor, Fred. Like, I don't know. Like <laughs> yes. It's like you said, it can be like this and that. And like lots of times sex doesn't look like one thing for us the whole time you know it's like you said like one moment you're really like feeling this and then the next moment you're like wait I need this to like switch up and be something completely different and that has been another thing for us is like openly communicating and also owning my voice because I did not have really that growing up either I mean like when I got in trouble when I was a kid or disagreed with my parents I literally had to ask them if I could appeal before I was able to give my opinion. And lots of times the answer was no, like, no, you may not appeal. You get to listen to what we say and that's it. And so coming into my voice as an adult and especially around having sex has been such a hard, like, it's been a hard thing for me to open up and use because I'm, you know, again, it's not safe to feel, it's not safe to feel my voice. It's not safe to feel my emotions. It's not safe to feel my body. Like it's all goes back to this kind of same idea of just not feeling safe to really just exist as myself. Um, so yeah, that's been like a huge thing for me is being able to communicate and ask for what I need and say what I need and ask what someone else needs. And Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, just want to acknowledge you in your in your family relationships right now. Thank you. That's like not something that we like super have have dove into. Just like there's, there's yeah a lot of touch points in this, and I think it's it's a heavy <laughs> thing. Um, it is. There's a lot of ways to navigate family. And it's, it's always fascinating to me that like we're born into these families and they have lots of different ideas because they're all very different people. And I, having kids myself, I'm like, y'all came from the same people, but you're all very different too. <laughs> like, that's pretty amazing. Yes. <laughs> and then we don't choose that, right? We don't like in that space and, um, of, of choosing who, where we're born and it's kind of just where we're born and, um, the, the, the experiences that we're we're given are very much determined by our parents. We don't have a lot of choice in that as children and the thoughts around us and the adults around us and the way they say things to us then affects us as we're adults. And then when we're adults and we realize that maybe we don't know everything, then other people who had other experiences are like, Oh my gosh, you don't know this. And I'm like, I literally, that's not my experience. And so there's so much continual learning by everybody. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Yep. Especially in big families. I mean, my family is a family of nine and I can't tell you how many different personalities and just diversity goes into having nine people in one house growing up. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. What is your hope without a timeline attached to it? What is your hope in relationship to you and your family, you and your parents? Friendship. Like, I just want a friendship with my parents. Like, that's all I always hoped that one day as an adult, I would have like that cool, like, you know, like best friendship with my mom and that like the ability to just go and like talk with my dad about anything. And I've never had that. I've never felt safe, not in like a physical sense, but just in an emotional sense to be my full self around the humans I call mom and dad. And a friendship is like all I want. I just want them to like see me and respect me and know more than like anything else that they like, they did this, like, like they raised this human. Like, I think they did a pretty like damn good job. And like, I think, I think any kid (laughs) wants, you know, some sort of acceptance or validation from their parents that like, I see you and like, I see that, you know, you're crushing it right now. And I don't know, I guess I just want that and like a friendship with them at some point. And I don't know if that will ever happen, but like, that is my hope to just be like best friends with my mom and dad someday. Mm. I'll hold that hope with you. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That in role playing. Yeah. (laughs) Role playing. I love it. Yes. <laughs> I love it so much. Oh, big goals for myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you for sharing so many different aspects of your story and being so real about it. Thank you for like giving me the platform to do this. It was awesome. Yeah. It was nice yeah. to like just talk about all of that. Uh, and like, there's so there's, I, I'm always. Like there's so many more conversations within just this, know. you know, like many ways to dive out and in. And I, I mean, even to where, you know, before we start recording and we were talking about like this exploration, even of, of you and of women being together and mm-hmm. the difference of, of that, like now that you're like, you're like, okay, I'm part of the queer community mm-hmm. and how are the many different ways that people are experienced or judged or shamed in so many different ways and 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 women identifying folks versus male identifying folks as well and um yeah there's so I know man so many different topics we could dive into Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah um I just want to end though with like actually thinking of how there's several pieces then of your of your evolution, right? And throughout all your stories where you're really confronting shame and you're like, I'm going to choose myself. Mm -hmm. I'm going to choose my pleasure. I'm going to choose my joy. And I'm going to like, not pick up the shame. Having so many, so many experiences now where you are able to recognize what shame actually is, you know, very much different than your 12 year old self that didn't have the language even for that. Yeah. When you feel that, cause I'm sure there's lots of people that are still messaging you that like will come at you with different things of, of ways that, of, um, 
they're not very generous or perhaps trying to induce shame on you. Mm-hmm. How is it that you speak to yourself or when you receive those kind of comments, whether they are in person or whether they are online, that you uh, protect your own peace and stand up for yourself and refuse to feel shame? Um, I think a huge part of that for me now is I have these figures that I envision. Um, I have the protector and the nurturer and they're two figures that are just like in my mind, they're invisible, but they are who I basically like call upon, whether they're a part of me or separate, like it doesn't matter, but they're the nurturer and the defender. And depending on what situation I'm in, I like kind of like call upon those figures. And I'm like, what does like young Morgan need to hear right now? Like, what does the Morgan that wasn't nurtured or defended in these ways, like, what do I need to say to her right now to let her know that she is safe and that she is in control and that she is protected? And um, that's just something that I learned in therapy was to just kind of like speak to my younger self, because I think a lot of what would rise up in those moments is, you know old feelings and limiting beliefs of back then when I was a kid. And that was, that's the only reason that I feel like I would react negatively or feel shame anymore is because of what I believed when I was young. And so I really just, I'm like, you know, what does young Morgan need to hear right now that she is in control, that she is safe, that she's okay to not be okay, that she can feel all the things that she is sexy, that she you know, deserves pleasure, like whatever it is. Um, Yeah. So just kind of like figuring out the source of that shame and then giving younger Morgan a little pep talk (laughs) that she did get 20 years ago. I love it. I love it. I think that's so important. Like, thank you for sharing that process. Cause I think that is, like you said, like maybe we have nothing to prove, but we're probably going to keep saying that to ourselves continually, which like, that's like a proving and shame are like kind of real close to each other there. Yes. And, and so being able to have a tool set for that, I think is really valuable and something that's valuable for other people. Like, but that's not necessarily something we see in each other. Be like, I can't see that nurturer and defender in you, but you're like, Oh, these are, these are parts of me that are talking to me right now (laughs) and and helping me. And so Right. It's like an actual tool that you have given yourself to be like, yes. And I think how to stand. it can be different. I know we're like, we're wrapping up here, but I do think it can be different for like different people. Maybe some people do feel that inside of themselves, or maybe if they don't feel like they have that inside of themselves, like you can get, you can get like imaginative with it. These two figures can have they can, they can be different animals. They can have names. They can be whatever you need to like call upon to reassure, you know, yourself that like, you're okay. Like it's okay. And it's just been like a beautiful way for me to, yeah, just like exist and like heal from stuff from a long time ago. Yeah. And I'm even thinking it could be, it's your own role play. It is. It is. That's a beautiful way to think about it <laughs> because it's, it's you still, right? Yeah, so it is. Um, I have a, a, in, in one 
I'll call it a role play, but it, it hasn't ever gone to like sex. Like it not mm-hmm. it doesn't happen during sex, but um, definitely role play of well, my name is Beatrice. <laughs> Beatrice, she gets, she's, she lives out on the farm. <laughs> she's, she knows all about the pigs. And anyway, so I have Beatrice, right? So like you can have your persona of like this character that embodies this for you. And accents, I know it sounds super dorky, but I know that that's something that like totally be helpful. Um, yes. I love that. No, that's such a good add on. Cause like my therapist actually said that she's like, literally get as specific as you want to with these (laughs) figures, your nurture and defender. Like, what do they look like? What do they sound like? What do they feel like? You know, like, what do they feel like, you know, in your body, if they're a part of you, like, where do they exist? And I think that's so important. Like you said, just like small details, being as specific as possible, like can really help you know, make those things feel real as it pertains to like you right now. Yes. Oh, Morgan, I'm so glad this happened. Me too. Thank you for talking about sex with me. Yes. (laughs) Thanks for sharing your pleasure. Thanks for letting me celebrate you in it. Thank you. It's been so wonderful and like, just like so healing to talk about. So thank you. Mm, Yeah. Agreed. Well, I'll put all the, the, info for people to find you perfect your instagram and also people can practice with you online so you can find you there and thank you thank you so much thank you everybody who has taken the time and the heart to listen and to hopefully ask yourself some questions too yeah i hope so thank you all so much for just listening and being here thank you bonnie for giving me this platform for sure. Everybody, we want your pleasure. Yes. Go get it. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye.